Welcome to Beyond the Blade here on the Grandstand Sports Network, the best view in sports. I am your co-host, Chad Dedemenesis. And I'm your other co-host, Bill Shockey. And ah, get off the beach, shake out the sand, Chad. Uh, <laughs> Got to come back and, and do a recorded one. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. We just looked before the podcast started and um, <laughs> we both kind of laughed like, oh, wow, the last recorded one was Vegas when Vegas didn't even have a team yet. <laughs> Yeah. So we had a few live ones in there, but yeah, it's good to get a recorded one out of there. And then uh, I guess kind of, I was telling you, you know, we talked about doing this on like last week and then we talked about doing it on Sunday. And then like I texted you this morning and I was like, I, I don't know, the weekend just got away from me. It's just, <laughs> I, it's, I think I'm on hockey vacation right now. So it's, it's nice at least to get my head back in the game a little bit, but uh, as soon as this podcast is over, I'm going back on hockey vacation. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Same for me. I mean, basically, it was I woke up this morning and just realized we didn't do it. We didn't actually record last night. But uh, yeah, I've had a. I got one buddy that's really big into fantasy hockey, and the talks are starting to ramp up a little bit. Uh, Mid July, we still got like two weeks probably before the draft, but uh, it's definitely getting me back. You know, fired up, looking at uh, stats for all players, and and uh, who who uh, within the Buffalo Sabers might I take a crack at this year. <laughs> so before we get into the offseason moves that happened, because actually there was a lot of moves and a lot of things that kind of happened before the last time we uh, spoke to our peeps here. Uh, but a few things I do want to mention is first thing is those of you who listen often might have noticed a new intro. Uh, so I want to give credit to one Matt Chiasa, who you've seen out here before probably. He did the mock draft with us. Um, Matt has a SoundCloud page where he does different mix with music. Uh, Bill and I asked him to do that probably a while, like a month and a half ago. And he kind of surprised me randomly and go, yeah, here you go. Here's your Sabres mix. And it sounds pretty good. So we're going with that as a new intro. So I want to give Matt some credit there. And the other part is you heard in the intro and probably heard it last time we spoke to with the recorded. Um, and now they're actually getting flowing. Uh, Grandstand Sports Network, uh, new partnership. The network will be on. Uh, I actually kind of basically said the co-founder. Um, 
with a buddy of mine, Eric, who most of you maybe Buffalo listeners know, who runs Cover One Bills. Um, so we actually have that going. We're very close to launching the site and the station. We've had a few test runs. Everything looks like it's smooth, but uh, pretty exciting stuff there with all that, Bill, because it's not just Buffalo stuff. It's, uh, it's sports from all over, so we're pretty excited about it. Yeah, there's been a, a lot of announcements of – adding podcasts you know it's, it seems like one a day for about a week and a half so yeah you do, you do the math uh, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's 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 an exciting uh venture and just kind of excited to get you know btv going even bigger uh we got a lot of things in the works here at btv so uh that can only help us you know further grow and, and further get to where we want to be yes sir so now that we got the uh the shout outs out of the way, I guess you could say, uh, let's jump into the hockey talk here. So quick recap to get kind of maybe our minds freshened back into this. And, uh, maybe for those people who don't know, or even forgot what the Sabres actually did over the last couple of weeks. Uh, let's run down the offseason moves really quick here. Uh, Felino and Ennis are gone to Minnesota for Marco Scandella and Jason Pominville, who's back. And then there's some free agent signings, Benoit Pouliot, who I really like, and we'll talk about here in a little bit. One year, one point one five million. Chad Johnson's back as the backup for a one year contract. I think that was around two million, if not mistaken. Uh-huh. Uh, Jacob Josephson, one year, one way contract. That's pretty interesting. So we'll get into that. And then these next few guys here. I guess you could say it's pretty interesting that Rochester got some love here. I'll run down the names: Seth Griffith, Matt Tennyson, uh, Kyle Kriskulo. Might have messed up that name. Kevin Porter is back again. And Adam Wilcox as a goaltender to sit behind Jonas Johansson in Rochester. Uh, like I said, I mean, we'll start with the Rochester angle first. It's kind of nice to see a GM uh, actually cares about the system again. Yeah, not only that, it, it just comes back to um, kind of what we we didn't see as much uh, with the previous, you know, coaching GM was uh, a guy who says what he's going to do and then actually goes out and does it. Um, not only with Rochester, but uh, a little bit more with the the speed, the analytics, the puck possession. See that with the uh, Pominville, even though obviously he was a throw in for Minnesota uh, for cap relief, but you know top ten five and five score in the NHL last year. Um, Scandella is a good pickup to to kind of shore up the defense. You basically overhauled half the defense, um, so it's kind of a sit back and see what you got this year, uh, and then you can kind of make a splash if you need it next year. I think that's kind of why they went the trade route and not the the big splash like uh, uh, Shattenkirk uh, right. this offseason, not necessarily that he would have come here anyways, but uh, it looked like he was heart, heart set in, in New York. But, yeah, I mean. He took a lesser the, deal to go there. Yeah, and he even said it's, you know, childhood dream. But, I mean, that's five guys right there that were just, you know, pickups for strictly Rochester, make Rochester a better team. They haven't been good in many years. Um, and I think especially you see that too, uh, not only with the five guys that are picked up for Rochester, but guys like Pouliot and Josephson who potentially will be in your bottom six this year, uh, keeping guys that maybe be ready, but maybe not be ready. Uh, you know, a couple months, uh, down in Rochester wouldn't hurt them. So, uh, you might see guys like maybe Bailey Baptiste bashing start down there because you have the guys that can fill in up here, uh, which can only make Rochester better. Uh, even more so. So let's do this. I mean, we mentioned Puglia. We've mentioned 
uh, Josephson. I mean, I think Josephson, the one-way contract, is pretty interesting, honestly. Uh, mm. When I first saw it, I was like, I was like, oh, another guy for Rochester. And then I kind of double-took him and go, wait, this is one-way deal. So that kind of maybe Bottle sees him as that fourth-line guy. Um, but where I want to go here, because uh, we want to talk about the division here after that we're going to get into development camp, and then we're kind of going to wrap up with some more stuff. Maybe it's on the horizon we could see happen here um, throughout the remainder of the summer. Um, let me throw this up here so people can see. One second. So we put this together on uh, Beyond the Blade uh, on our WordPress page. So here's the lines, kind of how I put it together uh, with Kane, O'Reilly, Oposo, Nylander, Eichel, Reinhardt, Pouliot, Larson, Pominville, Jurgensen, Josephson, Fashing, Molson, the extra. And then you can see the defense and Leonard and Johnson. Uh, Bill, but from talking with you, maybe you had things a little bit different. Maybe you had Bailey in there. But all in all, what I kind of wanted to start with here maybe is that third line. That's a pretty decent third line. Pouliot, Larson, and Pominville. I mean, they right. can play well defensively, and they can get you secondary scoring, which was a big issue for the Sabres last year. And not only that, it's a good second power play unit. Um, ideally, you know, having Pominville with – you know, Kane and Pouliot is going to be a lot better than Kane, Giannis, and Molson. Right. Um, so I think, I think that's going to only help on the second power play unit, not the, all right, minute 15 of the first unit. And if they don't score, hopefully you don't get scored on. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just, I, I mean, I wouldn't change much. Um, Nylander, I just, I don't know which one of those kids is the one that makes it. Uh, I think yeah. the, the concerning thing, and I didn't expect Botterell necessarily to do it this off season. But uh, unless one of those kids does step up, you still don't have another winger for Jack. And it's, it's been a problem now for basically the whole time he's been here. Yeah, and um, then you're going to kind of bite your fingers, bite your fingernails, and maybe hope Pouliot or Pominville can step up into that role, which is, eh, I don't know. That scares me because it just right. sets you up for another, you know, Polino, Molson, Gianta, like those guys. I, I kind of see Pouliot and Pominville. I mean, no offense to Pominville, but he's, he's getting up there in age and he's not. He's not going to really be able to keep up with a guy like Jack Eichel, I don't think. So uh, I, have a, I have a bad feeling that if, if, if we go into, you know, the season opener and it's Pouliot or Pominville on that wing with uh, Reinhardt and Eichel, uh, I don't know how long it's going to be before people start getting frustrated about it. Um, right. So, I mean, I hope <laughs> I, <laughs> dream is what you have on the screen right now. And that'd be Nylander uh, does make the jump. He got bigger. Uh, he, he looked good. So, I mean, it's possible. I think he's still going to have to have one hell of a camp uh, to pull that off. Uh, jump basically from, you know, time in Rochester to the second line in the NHL. But right. I, I would think just because of, you know, seasonedness, I guess, uh, is the word. Ba I think Bailey's the one that makes the jump. Uh, he had a disappointing camp last year. He showed flashes in the NHL last year. Um, but I think if he can come in and show at least the possession, uh, he, he's, he's looked bigger in the top half. So if he can, uh, you know, show the puck control, uh, show his speed. Cause I, I really think he's got that speed to be able to keep up with those two. Um, I, I, I look for him to be the guy that kind of makes the jump at least to get the, the shot in the beginning. Uh, because that way, then you still have all your guys like, you know, CJ Smith and, and Nylander and Baptiste and, yeah, uh, you know Rodriguez probably, and that's still really good. You know, for the AHL, it's it's a good young core that that can 
score and put up points in, in the A. So, I mean, maybe it's Baptiste. He did, I keep coming back to it. He did have a really nice goal with Michael uh, last yeah. season, and he didn't get yeah. as much of a chance as I believe he should have. Uh, Bailey, Bailey did get more of a chance. But, uh, yeah, that – I mean, here we are again <laughs> going into year three, and uh, we're still looking we're still for that winger for, a winger for Eichel, yeah. for Eichel, which is disappointing. <laughs> I mean, he the biggest problem was the defense, and he, he did do quite a bit with it. Uh, if it was, if it was good or not, we will see. Yeah. Uh, I think, but I, like I said, I think this is the year to kind of, okay, you overall half the defense, see who works with who, see who doesn't work and, uh, go on from there. Uh, ideally if everything goes well, uh, you just kind of, you know, maybe get another guy next year cause George will be gone. Yeah. Um, and, and you, you roll with it. Um, but yeah, for the forwards, there's, he did, he did, he did some stuff, but there's still a lot that can be done in the forward ranks. Yeah. Um, so I would look again, it's just going to be another interesting training camp and Derek Grant can't be the guy <laughs> that comes out of training camp, you know, as the, the one who stole the position. And I don't think it will with this coaching staff or, uh, no. with this front office, more of the coaching staff. Um, I think, cause I think it was more Bilesma. Don't get me wrong. Derek Grant had a great camp, but. I definitely think it's Bilesma who wanted to play him for, you know, 50 games and put him on the penalty kill and yeah. watch him score zero goals. The worst uh, penalty kill in the league. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, which <laughs> blows my mind. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 I at least – I don't want to say I, I know, but I think uh, with what has been said and, and kind of what we've seen so far, I don't see that kind of happening uh, with Housley and, and his coaching staff. So I look for – you know, they look for speed. So I'm looking for a guy like probably – Bailey or Nylander to, uh, to make that jump. Uh, because like you said, right now, if you have, uh, Larson Pouliot, Palmerville on the third line, that's a solid third line. And, and Gergensen's, uh, bashing maybe, uh, I, I guess you could put it like kind of any of those guys on there, but mm-hmm. I know you've put fashing there as kind of that big body to replace Foligno uh, and Josephson. I mean, that's not a terrible fourth line. And, uh, <laughs> I'll probably, I'll end this with probably my favorite of the whole thing. And I see you smiling because you know uh, <laughs> Matt Molson's on the outside looking in. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, unfortunately, um, Molson probably takes Fashing's spot in that fourth line. But I, mean, I, would, I, would, I would like the kid to to take that spot. But I mean, maybe this coach that doesn't care about the money because that's not the guy they signed. It's not their I, problem I, anymore, kind of deal, you know. I made that speech last year. Uh, yeah. I don't care. I don't. I, you could probably hear it in the even the the season end rant. <laughs> of, of what we went through is just, yeah, he's making a lot of money, but it shouldn't matter. Uh, the GM needs to, you know, get the best players to, to be able to put on the ice and the coach needs to be able to put the best lineup on the ice every night. And if that's not Matt Molson, then he shouldn't be out there. Right. So looking at this lineup here, um, let's all come back to the video of us. If we can look at our pretty faces. Um, to be fair, that could, that could mean Josephson too. It, it could be. I don't know if single out Molson, but yeah, right, right, right. Um, I mean, Gergensen's you're right. Gergensen's can go to the middle, and then it could be Fashing and Molson. Maybe Joseph's the guy looking out. You know, All right? And they still got to get signed. Yes, just the Gergensen's have to get signed. That's true. We'll talk about that at the end here. But uh, you know, as I was saying, it's looking at that roster. You know, it's kind of like is it a is it a playoff team roster? I don't know. I mean, the defense is a lot better. Looking at defense, I mean, it's that's Ideally. night and day. Ideally, they're a lot better. Yes. You don't, you don't know what Antipin's going to be, especially in the right. first half of the season. Right. Uh, Bolu, 
yeah, he was a high uh, draft pick, but, you know, coming to a new team. Yep. Scandell's uh, yeah. going to play those first pair minutes. He really wasn't playing behind Suter in Minnesota. Right. Can he fill those shoes? Can he, uh, you know, fill in for the amount of time that Rissa Lyon is going to put up? Not yep. that it needs to be 30 minutes a night anymore, but uh, 20, I mean, 25 to 28 minutes a night is still a lot. And uh, mm-hmm. if a guy like Scandella not, hasn't necessarily been doing that, uh, that's going to be something he's got to get used to. So I, I said it before, I look for the defense to maybe struggle early. Uh, yeah, I, I, wouldn't get, I wouldn't get on them right away. Uh, but if you're looking, you know, 40, 50 games down the road and you're still seeing like mental issues like we were seeing last year, uh, then we might have an issue. But I really think that you're going to see guys out of position. You're going to say you guys get caught. Uh, and it's going to be because of the new system being implemented. Yeah. Uh, but again, ideally, you're going to see a lot more, you know, offensive chances and potentially scoring. Yep. And the cave had a lot of chances last year. He just didn't finish. Uh, Ristolani, I just believe, was too tired. And he wasn't able to do what he needed to do offensively. Yeah, uh, I was so looking that, at, that I was looking at stats the other day. It was kind of funny. Uh, you mentioned McCabe, and he had like two or three goals. But, I mean, I really, if you think about it, how many goals could McCabe possibly have had last year? He could easily have had probably ten. 10. Mm-hmm. Easily. I mean, I, I think it was at least once a week, if not twice a week. I was like, oh, my God. He just he missed the net. He had it. Like, it was wide open. Shot yeah, over the net. A couple times he was in a high slot, shot over the net. Mm-hmm. Uh, other times he was doing exactly what he was supposed to do, kind of Bogosian style. Yeah. Uh, crashing the net, finds the puck on his stick right uh, back door, throws yeah. in the goalie's pats. He's got to lift the kid. So uh, things like that, ideally it'll change. Uh, it'll get better. But um, is it a playoff team? I would say things have to go right. Uh, but if we get into it, uh, I think one way that things can go right is the division's not that good. Yes, that's where I was headed. It, it's it's interesting. I mean, this most this might be the most open division in hockey. Honestly, I'm, I'm, as I'm saying, I'm sitting here thinking about it. Hmm. Um, I, I mean, the Metro is the Metro. I mean, it, it's it's open, but so you kind of have your teams so at the top, right? I mean, it's open between those four teams. But like the Atlantic, really, I mean, besides Detroit, I mean, I, I could honestly, maybe, maybe besides Detroit and Buffalo, but you never know with Buffalo if they get off to a good start and things click. I mean, really, it's any team's divisions, though. I mean, Toronto's going to be good this year, probably, but look at, like, you've said a few times on Twitter to me, looking at that roster, it's not, it's not scaring me. I mean, they oh. added. They had Ron Haynes to their defense. I don't know how they're supposed to be. They're better on defense. I, I think he's kind of slow. Right. Patrick Marlowe. Right. I mean, so what are you going to – I mean, he's thirty. going to be 39 years old, I think, or 38 when the season starts. I mean, maybe you'll get a year out of him. But I've been signed to three years. One, three years? Yeah. Yep. I mean, that's, and I think it's, yeah. he'll be 39 going into next year. So that's, oh. and that's crazy. And then, you know, Florida is – I don't, <laughs> I don't know what Florida is to be honest. I mean, that Marsha So and Riley Smith thing still is odd to me, but <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I guess they're getting Barkoff and Huberto back, so if they're healthy, uh, maybe that changes things for them. I know the team we expect them to be last year, but no maybe the defense isn't as good, and no Yager. Yeah, honestly, I think Florida, Florida for me is probably the biggest question mark of the division this year. Uh, I really don't know what they're going to be because they were really good two years ago. Uh, we expected them to be really good again last year. Yes, they had a lot of injuries, but uh, I mean, even with those injuries, it's not like they, you know, stayed afloat at all. They kind of just right. fall off a cliff. Uh, Luongo, a year older, uh, he's he's good, but he's getting up yep. there in age. I, they do have a really good backup in Reimer, so maybe that helps uh, if he plays maybe more than a backup usually would. 
uh, take some pressure off Quango. Maybe that's kind of how they can um, at least help that. But, uh, yeah. I mean, just overall, I, I, the defense, is, is this just should be good. Uh, the forwards, I mean, I <laughs> like you said, I still don't understand the Riley and Marshall something uh, with Vegas. So, uh, unless they have guys coming up this year that, that maybe we're not really expecting, maybe like a Rocco Grimaldi. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, other than that, I don't know. Uh, they took Kraus too, right? And yeah. no one really expects him to to do too much, at least. Well, he got he's actually in Arizona. They traded him last year. That's right. Yep. <laughs> so he didn't even have him either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's what I mean. I, I mean, unless Barkov and Uberdog just kind of go off this year. Um, yeah, I mean, Bukeshead gets back to where the guy he was. I mean, yeah. He hasn't, he hasn't been that guy for a couple of years, though. So right. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. Florida's a... Uh, Maybe they get to ninety. Maybe they don't. I, I, they have a couple of injuries, and they could they could be in trouble again. That, I, yeah. I think it, it might just come down to their their front office too. It's just a mess. They're yeah. they're hiring guys. They're firing guys. They're yeah. deciding they're going all analytics. It doesn't work for one year because and they fire everybody and they fire the whole department. <laughs> right? Yeah. So I just I think Florida doesn't even know what they are uh, inside the, the the department, let alone outside. Yeah. So good luck trying to guess what Florida's going to be. Um, right. Ottawa, I guess I, I won't bash them for now. Right, I mean they went to the conference finals, right? So, I mean, <laughs> but again, looking at the roster, you're like, uh, I, I don't know what scares me on that team. Matt Hoffman, Eric Carlson, that's it. Eric Carlson, yeah, I mean that's a hot I, Craig I, Anderson. Yeah, does Craig Anderson have a great year again? I mean, <clears throat> I mean, I don't know. Does Peugeot have a great year again? I mean, Kyle Turris is a pretty good hockey player, but Bobby Ryan's getting older. I just I, I don't know. I mean, there, Stone is there too, but <laughs> like I said, I'm not going to bash them into the conference finals. I mean, maybe that Guy Boucher system works again. Maybe it doesn't. You know, who knows? And then, <laughs> speaking of interesting teams, uh, the Montreal Canadiens, um, I, I don't – I mean, they get Carey Price on monster contract. Good luck with that. Um, they have no defense. They still have no centers. Um, I mean, at least they're going to keep Galchenyuk to play with Druin, so that's good for now, at least. I mean, he signed a contract with no no movement clause and no trade clause, so that's probably not a good thing. <laughs> Makes him pretty movable now at a cheap cap hit. So I, I don't know. I mean, I could see Montreal really start to fall off a cliff next year. And yeah, me too. I, uh, I mean, if, if Bergevin gets hit, gets dumped, and then you're going to have a new GM come in with a Carey Price ten half million dollar goaltender. You know, that, that could be hard. To, I mean, it's a bunch of Canadians will get themselves a GM, but, you know, that could be a team if things go really south this year. They could find themselves in the middle of a rebuild. I mean, you got to remember, though, they do have uh, a really good coach. Um, yeah. And, you know, if, if Carey Price gets hot, then they're going to be good. Uh, but I don't know if he falters at all, kind of like he did a little bit last year. Yeah. Um, I mean, he got Zach Hyman centering <laughs> Druin and Galchenyuk. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know how that's going to work out, but. Yeah, Montreal, like, they're always a good regular season team, but they're just never scary in the playoffs at all. So I I can kind of see them falling off, but uh, we called Detroit about three years too early. So (laughs) it's true. I'm doing the same thing kind of (laughs) here. I'm not ready to write Montreal off just yet. Uh, Maybe next year. But but, uh, honestly, a team that I thought was going to fall off a lot last year, and now kind of here we are this year. Um, and they, I think they might actually be still pretty good. And it's Boston. Yeah. Um, yeah. They got some really good kids coming really yeah. all of a sudden, all of a sudden they had nobody like, looked, a couple of years then, ago. Like you looked at their prospect pool, like, Hey, you said, geez, they're in a lot of trouble. And then 
all of a sudden they got a lot of kids. Charlie McAvoy looks really good. Yeah. Andres Bjork looks really good. Uh, Pashnak came out of nowhere. Carlo, Carlo came out, out of nowhere. nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and they still might, good kids coming. Yeah, they can still move Spooner for something. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, and, and Bergeron and Marshan, those guys obviously still have a couple years left. Um, yeah, Craig G, too. Charles probably got another year probably left in him. Maybe. If, if Boston's lucky, he only has a year left. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Rask is Tuka Rask, you know? Yeah, if Tuka Rask stays, stays uh, Tuka Rask, then Boston should be a, a, another good team next year. So uh, I'd probably look for, you know, Toronto, Tampa Bay. We didn't even touch on Tampa Bay, but no. I just, you know, they're probably the, the one team you could probably bet on being good. Yeah, I, I still um, think it's Tampa. At the end of the day, I still think it's Tampa Bay's division. They're getting Stamkos back. Uh, they got some help on defense. Um, I know Vasilevsky finally takes over the show, but I really like him. I think they'll be fine in goal. And, I mean, Steve Eisenman did the Steve Eisenman thing again. He got great contracts for Palat and Johnson. I know Johnson's kind of a long time, but Palat, mm-hmm. I mean, those are two contracts, or just over $5 million. And somehow he, I don't know, he drugged Kucherov and had taken like a four-point-something <laughs> I mean, it's crazy to think about Kucherov makes less money than those two guys for the next two years at least. Yeah. Oh, well, does that mean he, he might go, though, uh, in two years? Because Yeah, that's true. If he, if he does anything close to what he did last year for the next two years, he's going to be looking yeah. for, you know, eight plus. Yeah. Um, but, and well, the yeah. way Kucherov going now, he might be in the 10 range by the time that comes around. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh,. <laughs> Yeah, no, Tampa Bay should be good. Um, I mean, it, yeah, I guess the only question mark would kind of be goaltending, you know, for the full year. But I think Vasilevsky will be able to do it. Uh, you got Hedman. Uh, Sergachev might play for the full year, and he looked really yeah. good uh, in Montreal They saw Strawman there. Yep, they have some so, kids coming up. Uh, they have the uh, Brandon Point, who I think is – he's not going to be Drew in, but I think he can, you know, fill in pretty well. Yeah, he played a little bit last year. He, he – uh, he scored quite a bit, so yep. he, he should be a, a nice filler for cheap. Uh, and like you said, you got your usual guys. You got <clears throat> Johnson, Plot, Corn, uh, or not Corn, but uh, Johnson, Plot, Stamkos. Yep. You know you got the, you got the the trip half of the or most of the triplets, anyways. And then <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think having Stamkos back would be huge for them for the full season. And I mean, if he could stay healthy the full season, um, I think that'll go a long <clears> way. I mean. When he got hurt last year, a lot of us said, well, you know, I mean, they made the playoff run without him, but it turns out maybe he is more important than if people actually gave him credit for when he went down. Especially in the regular season. It's just, it's hard to, to make up that, you know, goal every other night, goal yeah. twi- two out of three nights. Um, that power play shot from the corner, he can just hammer that one home. Yeah. So, I mean, as of right now, I'd probably put Tampa, Toronto, Boston as my top three. Yeah, I think um, so too. Not necessarily in any order, but. Um, Buffalo definitely will have their work cut out for them. Uh, Toronto, though, man, I just I, you I keep saying they're going to be in there, but they're like, I don't know, like I think I want to be, yeah, I want to be the one to call it and just say like, mm. yeah, just because they I mean, they, they, got they had so, so much lucky luck last year, exactly with injuries, exactly. injuries, yeah. and like all of their rookies played really well. I you think, just, yeah, you think someone's going to hit a slump at some point this year, right? Those kids all aren't going to go off like they did last year all year long. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying, like, Matthews or Marner are going to hit a slump, but, uh, like, Brown, Hyman, like, all those yeah, kids right. played really yeah. well last year. And Zaitsev? Yeah, he's another one that he got signed for a long time, and yeah, it could be risky, you know, off of one year, but we'll see. Um, 
And then Anderson too. He started off so bad. Yeah. Uh, then he kind of found his game and, and they started to take over. But I mean, the thing for me too, is not only just the slump for the, the second year, but they were just so lucky with injuries. I think they had 10 guys play over 79 games. Like yeah, that's insane. Crazy. That, that yep. never happens in the NHL. Uh, to think that'll happen two years in a row. I mean, they have Babcock, so they'll probably yeah. be good. They'll probably be good again. But man, I could, I could really see them, you know, hitting hitting some kind of bump that no one really saw coming, uh, and maybe them like just missing next year. But we'll kind of see how it goes here as we kind of get in the camp and as the season, you know, starts. So speaking of camp, uh, we just had a camp here last week. Uh, we had prospect development camp for the Sabres. Uh, we got to get a look at a, actually all, almost. Uh, there was a few guys who weren't there. So but most of the Sabres prospect, including Casey Middlestat, uh, the first round pick this year. And I got to say, Bill, I went to a few of the things here. Um, I left pretty impressed with the prospects pool. You know, I love the Sabres. I think it's definitely gone down from where it was a few years ago when they had one of the best in the leagues, but you know, it's there's a lot of kids that can skate and have some skill. You know, on you know, within that pool, and it was it was kind of good to see for me at least. Yeah, um, I mean, I wasn't able to to catch the three on three tournament. I know you were able to stop up uh, for a little bit. Obviously, I saw the highlights. Uh, middle stats goal was pretty <laughs> nasty. Um, up looked pretty good uh, and goalie. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's yeah. a good thing. He. He looked pretty smooth. He was moving side to side pretty well. Uh, he made a couple of really big saves uh, from the highlights that I saw. Um, but for me, when it comes to for de- development camp, is yeah, I know that they you know they have their their practices and the scrimmage and, and they have the three out three tournament. But it really isn't too much of what's done on the ice during development camp. It's what do they look like as they come into development camp, uh, and that's the important thing when you're going to see guys like we said Nylander needed to get bigger and Bailey needed to work on, you know, his, his strength. And if he was going to be that power forward that Buffalo needs and, and Baptiste could put on a little weight and Gouli especially. Um, right. So for me, the biggest thing was to hear that man, Nylander looks a lot bigger. Uh, Bailey from the waist up, he looks really big in the shoulders. Um, Gouli definitely went and put on some weight. That, that to me is the important thing. That's, that's what uh, those kids needed to do coming into development camp. Uh, you need to see them really putting the work in uh, with nutrition and the weight room uh, so that when they're coming into training camp, uh, their bodies are ready. They're ready to go. They're ready to, you know, protect the pocket in the corners, do the things that they're going to have to do uh, to win those battles. And, and those are the little things that are going to get you onto the roster on opening night. So uh, it, for me, it's, that's what makes training camp uh, even more interesting is when you're hearing things like th- those guys are putting in the work that they need to in the off season uh, to get ready for training camp. Uh, it makes it even more interesting because it, you know, uh, it leads you to believe that they have more of a shot, you know, to make that training camp roster or make it the roster coming out of training camp. Um, so, yeah, I mean, development camp's nice. Uh, you get to see all the prospects, you get to see the new draft picks and don't get me wrong. They look good. Even Asplin too. I don't want to forget him. Uh, yeah, and he won that award. I forgot what it, forgot what it's called, but he won that award, you know, for the hardest working player in camp. So, yeah. So I mean, like him, I, I, just because he's overseas, uh, I don't want to forget him because I really do think he's going to be uh, a key contributor, not next year, but probably in two years. Yeah. Um, so, 
but like I said, uh, even with all that going going on, I mean, you could have had somebody just light up development camp, and I'd still come in here and tell you that I'd be more impressed with the guys who are putting in the work and, and came in, you know, 15, 20 pounds heavier than last season um, because it means that they're really looking to make the, the big club this year. Yeah, I mean, I kind of threw up here. It might be hard to see because of the way the screen's set up here, but I threw up the – the prospect rankings here that we put together um, on our website. And, you know, I, I kind of get my recap of it. You know, I had my five guys set out to me. Um, and there was more, but I, I guess I kept it to five. You know, middle set was one. Um, you know, I, I was going back and forth on Brandon a little bit on uh, Twitter. And Brandon's the guy, if you remember in our mock draft, that uh, he, I think he had middle set in the top three, didn't he? He was, he was big on middle set. And, uh, yeah. He, you know, he tweeted to me, he's like, the middle stat stand up to the, the, you know, the hype that I had him under. And, you know, he really did. I mean, it, it's kind of surprising that, I mean, again, I, I don't want to get carried away. It's development camp. Um, but, I mean, for a kid who can skate, shoot, and stick handle as well as he can, I mean, it, it's crazy to think that he dropped all the way to eight. Was it because he couldn't do a pull-up? I mean, was that really the reason why he dropped, which is <laughs> insane. Yeah. Um, I mean, he even looked – he looked a little bit bigger – just it came from when I, when I saw him at um, the scouting combine. I mean, it could be different because you have equipment on, but he did look a little bit bigger. I'm not saying it was a lot, but a little bit. Um, but he's just – he's such a smooth skater. He's a quick skater. Um, I mean, yeah, like you said, his one goal was impressive. But the one that people didn't see, um, they had – they changed shifts every 45 seconds with so the buzzer would go off and that would be on the shift. You had to go to the bench and – but he was coming down a rush. He was going end to end, and he literally skated through the entire team. He went through one guy at center ice, um, went inside on one defender, back outside again, and then back inside again. The buzzer went, um, and so that was enough for a beautiful play. But you know, he, he was really exciting to see. So that was good. Uh, Asplin was was played was playing well, especially in the tournament. Um, he had that little bit of a uh, a pass to him in the tournament. You know, behind the play, he was hitting guys in the back of the leg, skating up the ice. So that was kind of interesting to see it. I never really saw that side of him. Um, and then Gooley stood out. Um, Bailey didn't really stand out to me during the drills, but during the game, uh, I texted you and told you during the game, not only his size, the way he skated and played, he literally looked like a man amongst boys out there. He was easily the biggest guy on the ice, maybe next to Fashing, who I thought was pretty good too. But, I mean, Bailey's combination of size and speed – is so intriguing if he can just find ways to put the puck in the back of the net. Because if you remember last year, he had the opportunity to score goals. And he just he just seemed like he could never finish. If he can start finishing on those goals, I mean, his combination of size and speed, I mean, he somehow crazily looks bigger than he was the year before. So, I mean, that, that's cool to see. Nylander was bigger. He played really well, too. Um, and like you said, you know, UPL, he he was impressive, too, throughout all camp. He moves very quick side to side for such a big dude. Um, so he was impressive to watch, and I mean, that's exciting too to have that guy behind Allmark. Peterson just went, but to have him come in and look as good as he did, and you know, that's kind of cool to see. But I mean, looking at it now, I mean, the one thing with the prospects that kind of jumps out to me is, I mean, how deep they are at center. Uh, yep. Middlestat, Asplin, Pooh, Davidson, Rodriguez, Sean Malone, um, Vasily Glotov, he had a nice goal with a dab uh, through at <laughs> development camps. Uh, so, I mean, he played pretty well, too. So, I mean, they're really deep at center. And, you know, looking at it, one of those guys could go, ideally, maybe to flip your depth to a prospect winger or to bring in, 
maybe a maybe your rental at the deadline if you're a good team to get you somebody who could play next to Eichel. Um, but they are really deep at center all of a sudden because you remember for, for the Sabres for a long time, their center depth was pretty poor. Um, the whole reason they did what they did for those two years. Right. And this is, this is, as you mentioned, having Eichel and O'Reilly already on your team who are 24 and 20 years old. And if you want, throw Reinhardt in, we could play center if you want him to. So, I mean, there's a lot of depth at center there. Uh, but they definitely they need some help on the wing still. Uh, particularly in the left wing, because really you have Nylander, and then it drops down to C.J. Smith, which really don't know what Smith is, but, I mean, beyond that, there's really not much there. And then your right wing, you have Bailey, Fashing, and Baptiste. So, yeah, but guys, know, could easily, they could easily move to the wing. Like, Middlestad could. Right, Middlestad could play some left wing. He said he was drafted. You know, Rodriguez plays some wing. Um, I don't know if Aspen will ever go to the wing, but Pooh's a guy they could see maybe shifting to the wing. He's probably yeah. your Larson replacement or Gergensen's one of the two. Aspen, that is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I do. Because, uh, I mean, Larson's had that two year contract. So, in two years, I mean, that it, it fits the timeline. When Larson's out, Aspen steps into that third line role, you know? Yep. If you need those, you need those ELC contracts. So, necessarily bottle rolls. If you look at the Penguins, those guys <laughs> step right in. Yeah. I um, mean, just real quick going back to. Um, Everyone remembers how Reinhardt looked, uh, you know, coming in, how he just, he needed that, that one year of, of just, you know, getting himself up to NHL weight and NHL, you know, size to be able to play and, yep. and keep up. Uh, it's kind of just what, it's what Bailey and Baptiste needed. It's what Nylander did last year because he needed it. And it's what Middlestad will do in college this year. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's not, no, I mean, even with how good Middlestad looked, maybe even uh, gets an invite, but. I doubt it just because he already said he was already going to college. So yeah, <clears throat> I would, I would just expect him to, again, uh, kind of with how they're setting things up too. uh, they'll, they should, they'll probably have a guy, you know, watching him on him, making sure he's doing what he needs to be doing and, and, uh, be ready to go to, to fight for a spot next year. All right, welcome back to Beyond the Blade here on the Grandstand Sports Network, the best view in sports. To get to our wrap-up part here, um, back to the to the big club, I guess you could say, if you went from Rochester to Prospects, now back to the big club. There's a lot. There's a lot that could still. I don't think it happen, but there's a lot of things that need to be resolved. Um, some of them in training camp. Some of it maybe happens over the next few weeks leading up to training camp. Um, I'll quickly run through the list things I have in my list here, then we can kind of go into them in depth. But uh, the first things first, we kind of touch on a little bit, is that open spot in the top six. Bailey, Nylander, Fashing, Baptiste. Maybe not Fashing, he's not a top six guy, but Bailey, Nylander, and Baptiste, maybe, I mean, that's, it's really one of those guys need to step up in camp and take that spot. Um, I, I think the guy, I think it almost has to be Bailey. I think it's kind of what Bottle is hoping for. Uh, I mean, if Neil Anderson up and plays well, I'm sure they wouldn't be heartbroken or even Baptiste, but I think they really, really, really want Bailey to step up into that role. You can disagree with me, but that's that's kind of what I think. No, yeah, I'll just um, – I just – I really think that not only is it a missed opportunity, uh, but it would be, number one, a missed opportunity two years in a row, uh, yeah. and it would just be a huge disappointment if, if Pouliot or Pominville are, are one of the guys. And like I said, no offense to those guys, but – 
we thought it was time last year, so it's, it's definitely time this year. If you're not going to make it uh, and crack that top six when it's it's just an obvious need on the club, uh, then things are not going right and things are going wrong because you just you can't have two years in a row of, of, of just an open spot, literally crying for one of these young kids with yeah. speed to take it and, and run with it and, and be that person to, to – be a rookie in the league and put up 20 goals pretty easily because you have Jack Eichel on your, you know, it's just you as your center. Um, so, yeah, if, if one of those three don't crack the top six, provided it's not Kane that's on that other wing, um, yeah. it's just it's just a huge miss. It's a huge swing and a miss for, for the Sabres as an organization because, like I said, if, if it's Pominville or, or somebody else in that, I just think it's another another year of and, and not saying Pavel can't you know be adequate, but it's just going to be a, another year of wondering what if what what could it have been if he had somebody that wasn't slowing him down, he wasn't waiting for it at the blue line, he wasn't getting over the blue line and stopping and waiting for everybody to kind of trail in. Um, so yeah, I think that 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 top six spot is just so important this year, especially if they plan to kind of do anything uh, playoff wise. Right. So they said I was going to run through them, and I kind of stopped that one topic. So let me, let me run through the things I have here. Uh, so I have Georges as the seven, uh, question mark. Uh, looks like a Andrew King sticking around, which we'll both be happy about, at least for now. Uh, and there's Leonard's, Leonard's contract. Uh, he's coming up. Uh, I think his arbitration hearing is coming up next week, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then Eichel contract, which it sounds like that's going to happen this summer from the way Botterell was talking. Um, and then Reinhardt. No contract this summer. Which is uh, also interesting. Right. So let's go to the easy two, I guess we could say. Uh, George said the seven. Are you cool with that for one year at $3.9 million? You can live with that? Yeah, because you don't really need the space this year. Uh, the Sabres had enough space. If they want to do anything else, they can do it pretty easily. Um, so George is at 3.9. It's not really hurting as a team. Uh, everybody talks about how he's a good locker room guy so he can hang out in the locker room. There's going to be injuries, so uh, it'll happen. He's, a, he's an adequate bottom six guy still for one more year. So I have absolutely no problem with him in the seventh spot. It's where he should be. Uh, it's where he needs to be if the team's going to be good. I agree with you 110%. That'd be an issue at all. I mean, it's, it's nice to have that guy there that can step in in case there is an injury. So I don't have a problem with that. I mean, he had even his if, nights where he played all right. Like that one night, right. uh, he played really well against McDavid, which was a surprise. Yeah, the second game of the season. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so, I mean, it's, if, if he's, you know, even if he's bottom six playing 10 minutes a night or he's just kind of a filler when there's injuries or if somebody's, you know, hitting a rut and needs to get pulled, um, he's yeah. fine. He can fill that. He just he cannot be in your top four playing 20-plus minutes a night because that's when his, you know, his, his flaws and his age are kind of going to be – uh, exposed exactly uh evander kane so good news for us so it's like he's going to start the season here mm-hmm. um i'm pretty sure he's probably not back next season uh i don't know how that happens whether it be trade by the deadline or they just simply let him walk um we'll see i mean you never know i mean there could be a surprise maybe Howsley and bottle end up falling in love with him seeing him play and they do resign him um I mean, if you're looking at the money, a lot of people say, well, Vander Kane, he's going to want, you know, six and a half million dollars. Well, I don't know. I mean, I got, I got Galchenia taking 4.9. I got Palat taking 5.3. I got Johnson taking 5 million. Are those players not 
at least comparable, if not better, players than Evander Kane. I mean, he, he's think, not going to go to the open market and say, I want six and a half million. People are going to go, get out of here, dude. Especially with, especially with his off-ice issues and stuff. I think what it comes down to, uh, especially with the three guys you mentioned, not so much Galchenyuk because I think that's a special situation where it's going to be a trade, uh, sign and trade, uh, yeah. whether it comes halfway through the season or next year. Um, when it comes to Johnson and Palat, I think the thing you have to remember is the term. Uh, they, they got what they got because they were able to, you know, get the seven years. Uh, Johnson could probably make a little more than five, but I don't know how many more teams are giving him seven years for a third line role. It's, it's when you get, and don't get like, I'll bring up Dustin Brown here. Obviously he's making a lot less than Dustin Brown was, but I see it kind of in a scenario like that. Like if he starts to lose like any kind of foot speed at all in year four or five, um, he could fall off a cliff pretty, pretty hard. So seven years is a long time. Uh, I think you can probably get Kane for that, but I just don't know how any GM is making that risk. How are you signing a guy like Evander Kane for seven years? We've been talking about it. Even if the Sabres were to extend him, we were talking three years, yeah, uh, four years. Right. You're probably not doing anything really over four. Um, so if you're doing that, you're probably looking at, you know, over six or a little bit around six at least, um, <clears throat> which I mean, I mean, because you're right, he's not going to take – he's not taking a pay decrease. He makes 5.25 now, so he's not going down in pay. Right. He's not getting a reduction. No, and ideally he's going to have a good year again this year. He should uh, right. with the offensive talent. And ideally with the, the style that they're going to play, the defensemen uh, that are going to be able to get the puck up to the forwards. And a guy like Evander Kane is a guy who's, you know, hanging around center ice and looking for that breakaway and looking to get that, that odd man rush so he can fire it on the net. Uh, trying to get that quick scoring chance. <laughs> I just, I, I think he's going to fit really well in the system. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be hard to let him go. I just, the thing that I'm really, you know, tussling with myself these last couple of weeks is I just, I don't know how you let him go for nothing, but if the team, ideally if he's doing really well and has trade value, the team is in yeah. the hunt. And I don't yeah. know how you trade him if he has 20 goals at the deadline and the team's in the hunt. Just unless, unless really, like Nylander's tearing it up in Rochester and Bailey's like a 15 goal scorer at the deadline, like yeah, you're right. There's nobody because there's nobody else behind him on the wing, right? And and just how does that look as team dynamic? How you're a new GM, you're coming in, how things are going to be different, uh, and of course we're you know winning culture, we're going to win, yeah. Um, and then if you you're winning or you're at least in the hunt, and then you trade, I I'm guessing he'd be a top three, top four scorer on the team at that point, yeah. provided he has like 20 goals or whatever, um, to move him off for pieces or just something else. I just don't first know. Or to, second round pick of the next year's draft. Like, I mean, right. I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you pull that off. So it's kind of what I've been tussling with. I, and again, you can just keep him, but if he, he says no and just walks like how, kind of, how do you defend that either? Uh, so yeah. it's a, it's a really tough situation. Um, I can see, like I said, I can see him fitting really, really well in the system. Uh, and I wouldn't mind signing him at all. I mean, Botterill's the money man, so let's see it. Uh, yeah. he, he should be able to sign him for five, seven, five, six, depending on how many points he puts up this year um, for, you know, three years and, and kind of work it out. Pominville maybe puts a little bit of a dent in that, but that's only two years. You can you kind of make it work. I mean, it really comes down to, I don't want to get ahead of us, it's the, the Eichel and uh, Reinhardt contracts. I think Reinhardt yeah. more than Eichel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Eichel is, you know, 
he, he's he's pretty much i mean he's gonna get around at least 10 million probably uh i don't know how long maybe it's gonna be eight years um maybe it'll be six maybe it'll be seven um I'm pretty sure it's not going to be a bridge deal. Uh, they're going to lock up a long time, and it's, it's probably going to be at least 10. Um, you know, I, I mean, I think McDavid's, you know, I mean, McDavid's at 13.25, but I think if you're going to get Eichel for the eight years and get him to commit that long, even seven years, I mean, you're, you're going to have to be at 10, right? I mean, the only way you get less than 10, I think, is you're going to bridge deal for like two or three years. Uh, yeah, I mean – I kind of want to argue with it, but I, I I think if if he's willing to come to the table and sign a contract now, I think you're basically just saying, don't worry, don't bet on yourself. We'll just give you the 10 that you yeah, want. Just take your 10 million now and whatever. Yeah. Because you're right. Because then him, he'll go, you know what? No, forget it. I'll just, I'll just go into the season. I'll blow it up and I'll get 12 million next summer. Right. Well, yeah. So I, I think, like I said, uh, on the last recorded podcast, I believe it was, um, I don't really know how, if he plays the season, I don't know how he's making less money. So yeah. I think you kind of just bite the bullet, give him what he wants now, try and do eight years um, if he's willing to do that. And then you kind of just let everything else play out. I mean, 10 years or 10 for eight years is not going to be bad at all, especially if he comes anything close to a point for a game like he did last season for, for yeah. the amount of games that he played. So the other guy, that the key you mentioned, which makes this interesting here is Reinhardt with the no contract this summer, um, which I was somewhat surprised with. Cause I think, um, you know, that would be easier now, but I don't know. Did it catch you off guard too with the no, didn't want to talk to Sam at least this summer. Yeah, definitely. I thought it would be the opposite. I thought Sam would be the one to get signed this off season. And then uh, Ike would be the one to wait, <clears throat> I guess. Um, I don't know. I mean, from Sam's standpoint, I think it would be pretty, not easy, but you'd be able to, you know, kind of get it on maybe a little bit less of a deal than, than you might if you waited. But I mean, thinking about it, maybe that's the reason why. I mean, Eichel, you kind of know already what he's going to do, what he's going to want. And if you're <laughs> willing to let him bet on himself, you're probably going to lose that bet. So uh, just let get the contract done now. Um, for Reinhardt though, maybe he's the one that said, you know what? Uh, I really don't want to talk contract. We'll talk it at the end of the next off season because, uh, he knows that he, he struggled under Bilesma and maybe under this system, he believes that he'll be able to do better. Uh, especially with the, the de- defense kind of being engaged in the offense. Um, maybe, maybe Sam is the one to kind of take it and bet on himself and try to get, you know, five, five and a half instead of maybe four and a half. Um, and, and ideally, if they find that that other winger for this year, uh, whether that be you know Nylander, Baptiste, Bailey, or Kane, uh, Reinhardt could have a good year, um, surprisingly good year for for most, uh, especially with the some of the hate that he got last year. Right, and you know it's now as I said too, it it seems like it's a much easier contract to do now. I mean, you can maybe you know maybe the reason they're not doing a contract is. Oh, Reiner could be doing what Ike, we thought Eichel was going to do. Maybe Botter will approach the subject with his agent and maybe he kind of expressed, you know, Sam wants to prove himself this year. And, you know, maybe maybe that, that's the logical thing for Reiner. You're coming off, I don't want to say the down year because he had more points in the year before, but like, I guess not what everybody expected year. And mm-hmm. I, I will, I will it, say this, not, not to set, you know, <laughs> Not to set the little fires on Sabres Twitter ablaze, but 
On the other hand, maybe it was Botterill. Maybe it was Botterill that wanted to see one year of Reinhardt in the system to make sure that he could fit. Um, and, and maybe you want to see that, you know, that, that one really good year out of Sam before he, he signs him to anything long-term. Yeah. Right. So the last contract left that we have to, I want to touch on here is Leonard. Um, you and I are, are team Leonard guys. So we, mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't mind giving that money, but, uh, I, you know, just a little bit ago, I, I think his, I don't know the exact date, but I think his arbitration hearing date is coming up. I would imagine it gets hammered out before that. Uh, the Larson deal is done, who has the same agent as Leonard. Um, and both the agent and Botterill companies go how optimistic they would get something done. Um, but for me, I mean, I, I think it's going to be a short deal, two years. And I don't know what between four and four and a half, probably, you know, I, I thought it'd be closer to four um, until that Mason deal came in and maybe that kind of jacked it back up here when he went to Winnipeg. So I, I think two years, four and a half, you know, kind of makes sense to me. And that's not really a lot for a starting goaltender, you know, especially a guy who played with above average numbers. Yeah, no, not at all. And I think it's, I mean, it's, if you think about it, it's right where we've been kind of the whole off season. It's, or at least going into the off season. I mean, you give him that two year deal four, four and a half, not that much for a starting goaltender. And uh, for all those who aren't as Chad put a team letter, I don't, I don't know if we necessarily need to be team letter. We're just defending <laughs> that his stats aren't as bad as everybody makes them out to be. And, right. and he's not as bad as everyone makes them out to be, but again, easy two year contract, four and a half million dollars. You can move that contract. You can move away from that contract. Um, and you can do kind of whatever you want to, whether that be uh, trading for a goalie, all mark, uh, maybe ups really good. Who knows? But yep. uh, depending on it's just, it's a contract that's short, sweet, gives you flexibility. If Leonard turns out to be really good, uh, you can sign him a long-term afterwards. If he doesn't, or if Leonard isn't necessarily the goalie you want to move forward with, uh, you still need a goalie to play for the next two years. So, uh, and I hate to break it to everybody, but Allmark is not that guy, and neither is Chad Johnson. So, um, you need somebody that's a, a bona fide starter in this league uh, to play for the team. Uh, Leonard can do that. Uh, he's shown that he can do that. So, two years isn't going to hurt anybody, and uh, I think it's it's going to be pretty easy uh, done deal in the next week here. Yeah, I, I agree. So, as you got a lot in, talked about a lot. <laughs> here uh you know i don't think we were actually that rusty i was kind of impressed with how on our game work we're taking a couple of weeks off and escaping the hockey world here but um we'll, we'll see we'll see yeah we'll, we'll see if we listen back exactly how right now we were <laughs> um but you know i'll do the rigmarole here at the end um you know make sure you follow us on twitter at btb hockey and on facebook um sus- subscribe rate share on itunes soundcloud stitcher tune in Google Play. Uh, we're still on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, so there too. And then, like I mentioned earlier in the show, uh, we are now on the Grandstand Sports Network, so you can catch us there when that goes live, uh, which should be within the next week or two, so definitely look out for that. And, yeah, I think that's really it. Um, you know, I, I think, again, we're going to take a little break here. Um, as I said, this podcast is over. I'm going back into vacation mode. Um, so I think we'll take, what, two-ish weeks, maybe three and then get back together early to mid-August. Sound good to you, Bill? Maybe we'll do a mini-pod. We'll see. Yeah, mini-pod, uh, depending on what happens. Maybe, maybe we'll have one of those uh, 
I don't know, maybe we'll have a fun podcast in here doing something. Maybe it won't be hockey related. We'll, uh, I don't know. We'll think of something. Maybe we'll get bored one day. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Something, good. something could happen. Maybe if the Eichel contract comes out, we'll do a mini pot on that. There you go. Maybe that, that could be our Eichel contract with the C. Mm. Do they hand him when they have the press conference? Do they hand him a sweater with his contract and the C already on it? <laughs> like David style. Not exactly. Really, exactly. Uh, yeah, maybe. So, I mean, I could see that definitely happening. Uh, so maybe that's when, uh, maybe Leonard gets traded and every, or three fourths of Sabres Twitter rejoices. Um, so yeah, anything could happen. We'll we'll probably come back in a a couple weeks here, but it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if something does happen, like if Leonard King gets traded, we'll be back. We're not just going to completely block the world out. So I don't see anything big happening at this point. A lot of job managers are on vacation. Um, mm-hmm. But if something was to happen, we definitely would come back. Uh, so for Bill and Chad, uh, we are out of here this week. Uh, we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Everybody enjoy their summer. Stay safe. And, yeah, we'll be talking hockey soon here. We have Prospect Challenge in the beginning of September. So before the blink of an eye, Bill, we'll be talking Prospect uh, challenge and training camp believe it or not yeah can't wait uh prospect challenge should be fun and training camp is where it all starts so fighting for that those couple of roster spots and it should be interesting especially with the the new coaching staff so a lot of things to look forward to coming up here as the summer keeps on rolling on yes sir so we will talk to you guys in a couple of weeks thanks for listening we'll see you later